listening to episode 49, chapter one of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Josh Havens. And I'm Chris Lamberth. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that he would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. Today, we're talking to Paul Smith. Paul W. Smith was an on-staff editor for Gospel Publishing House for over 30 years before retiring on April 1, 2018. During his tenure, he worked on adult Sunday school curriculum, books, magazine articles, letters, and other publications that were produced by the General Council of the Assemblies of God. Still an ordained minister, he serves as ministry leader for a Celebrate Recovery chapter in Republic, Missouri. He keeps busy by doing freelance editing and page layout, and trying to downsize a lifetime of memorabilia and books. A Christian's testimony is a powerful thing. Much like the Bible, it's a record of the great work that God has done in our lives to seek and save us from the power of sin and death. When we hear another's testimony, we are encouraged because we see how God has faithfully acted in their life, and we were reminded that God has promised to work just as faithfully in our lives as well. But testimonies aren't just stories of conversions. They are stories of salvation, of how God over a lifetime redeems those whom he loves. Coming to faith in Jesus Christ is just the beginning of the work he ultimately wants to do in each of our lives. So today in this week, as you hear from Paul, I hope you see that no matter what we face, we have a faithful father who walks with us through the everyday moments of life, longing to be with us and to make us more like him. Paul, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. Really good to be talking with you. Um, we talk all the time at church, and so over the past uh, about a year now, um, as we get to know you a little bit, man, I think you have a lot of wisdom to offer us in your story and the work that you've done. So I'm really excited to be able to dive into some of this and explore with you uh, today. I thought maybe the best place to start, though, is just to give our audience and us some context. So then tell us a little bit about your testimony of how you came to faith and then I guess how you got into doing editing and then becoming a managing editor. Okay. I was in. Uh, I joined the Navy when I was 17 years old. I had graduated from high school, and uh, my family life was horrible. Um, my my mother abandoned the family when I was 14, so um, I was an emotional mess. But um, I, uh, when I joined the Navy, it was more to get away from home than it was to do anything else. I wanted to. I wanted to work in electronics. Um, I really wanted to work in computers, but that wasn't open to me at the time. Besides, computers back then were not like computers today. So, uh, so I I was in um, I went to basic training. Then I went to uh, I got approved to go to um, a school, which is your primary school for a profession. And then I got chosen to go to a B school, which is the uh, the next phase. So basically, over the course of my first year, I got a, the equivalent of a master's degree in electronic engineering. And in the middle of all that, um, I was um, a part of the, the, the chapel program at the, the base I was at. It was in Millington, Tennessee. <clears throat> and four different, four different chaplains witnessed to me. 
I had one who went through the four the spirit four spiritual laws twice to me. <clears throat> Nothing registered. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> until um, they used to have, uh, although this is unusual, every fourth Sunday night they would have an altar call on their Sunday evenings chapel service. And I would go to I would go front every every one of them, but they couldn't do anything with me because <clears throat> I, there's only so much a Navy chaplain can do without your permission. Mm -hmm. And since I didn't have the right questions to ask, and even they were asking me the right questions, they didn't have an appropriate answer. So I ended up uh, this one uh, one night um, they had a guest come in from the local juvenile court who had uh, witnessed to a Marine who had got cut and for, who had been arrested for drugs. And he led him to the Lord. So they brought this guy in. His name was uh, Lloyd. And uh, Lloyd gave a testimony about his work in juvenile court and how he led this Marine to the Lord. <clears throat> so they gave an altar call at the end. I went forward. Well, the chaplains couldn't do anything, but Lloyd could because he wasn't he was not uh, bound by the same rules as the chaplains were. <clears throat> so he I when he came up and he, he wanted to pray with me and, and I said, well, where do we go from here? And then he went and he came back. He said, well, you know, you can come to my church tonight. I said, uh, sure. So I went to church with him. Uh, our chapels were early in the evening, so his church was a normal Sunday evening church service at a little Assembly of God church in Raleigh, Tennessee. <clears throat> and, you know, this, this is one of those cases where, you know, you sit down and uh, I saw people who... Um, they sang with exuberance. They clapped their hands and they sang uh, lustily, I guess you'd call it. They lifted their hands, which my impression was these people knew God and I didn't. And that's the only way I can explain it. So when the pastor got up to preach, <clears throat> everything he said just kind of hit me in the chest. Um, and so when he gave an altar call, I went forward. And the youth pastor took me into the, chap the, the prayer room. And uh, that's where I gave an adult, uh, uh, my adult um, conversion to Christianity. Um, my, so um, that was the beginning of my walk with, my active walk with the Lord. Uh, I had given my life to Christ when I was nine, but I didn't remember that until I was in my 40s. <clears throat> so <laughs> so I was in the for seven years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's one. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, those children things, you know, you think you don't have an impact on children if you only meet them one time, but you're yeah. wrong. <clears throat> anyway, so I, uh, I was in the Navy for seven years. Um, uh, I was in on a, on a naval base uh, in Norfolk for five of those years. I was on shore duty, and then my, well, I should say three of those years. I went on shore duty, but my ship went on into dry dock, so I was, I was basically on shore duty for five years. But my last year in the Navy, I went to the Mediterranean. And while I was on board the ship, I became the assistant director of our fellowship on board. <clears throat> so I was in a position of leadership. I wasn't great at it because I didn't have any training, but it gave me a, a taste of it. Um, I knew from a, I knew I was called to go into the ministry. So as soon as I got out of the Navy, I, um, I went to Bible school and uh, I went to Zion Bible Institute for three years. And then I went to Northwest College uh, in Kirkland, Washington, for my final year, um, came back to Virginia where I was living, and I uh, loaded trucks for a year. 
that was fun. <laughs> uh, so, um, I mean, I didn't know what to do. I mean, here I was, and um, I was loading trucks. So a friend of mine, uh, who I knew in the Navy, was a training executive for uh, NCR up in, in um, uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. So he invited me to come up. So I got a job there in electronics. After a couple of years, I finally went into, I wasn't independent up to that point. Okay, even though I was a saved in a Assembly of God church, I was independent for 10 years. I was in the charismatic movement. So after a couple of years there, I, I decided I needed to join, I needed to go to the Assembly of God church in the area. So I did, and within a few months, I was the, um, I was the CE director of the church. It was an unpaid position. I still worked full-time, but basically I had two full-time jobs. Um, I had my, my bachelor's degree is in preaching and Christian education. And uh, so I, I was the CE director of the church for about three years. And a couple years in that, I knew that I did not have the right education. I was not prepared to do this job. So um, I made plans to start um, to uh, go to seminary. And I had applied for one in, in St. Paul area, but the Lord really shut the door on that for me. And then uh, I applied to the Summer God Theological Seminary and I got accepted down here. So I quit my job and came down here. Um, but I got a job um, being an editor. Oh, while I was up in Minnesota, I was a technical writer for this computer corporation. Mm -hmm. uh, so I wrote, I basically wrote computer textbooks. And so when I came to, to Springfield, I told the Lord I couldn't get down there without a job. I mean, what am I going to live on? So someone mentioned that there was a job opening at Berean College, and so I sent him my resume and, and a portfolio, and he basically hired me for, before I got there. He liked my work. So I worked for there for a couple of years while I did my seminary training, and um, I, uh, I went full bore for a year and then decided I was killing myself, so I went two more years nickel and diming it, basically one course at a time until I finished. And just about when I finished my, my seminary, this job opened up, in the um, what we call the Sunday school department, it was Christian uh, Christian education department. But it was basically Sunday school for the editor for adult Sunday school materials. Now this would be non entry level position, but I would be in charge of a group of editors who did adult adult Sunday school materials. And I I interviewed for the position, and I got the position over twenty other applicants, which surprised me to death because one I was not raised assemblies, and two um, I felt I wasn't qualified to do the job. But they thought I was, um, and uh, I, I jumped in both feet. Um, I, I I loved doing what I was doing. Um, after about a year of doing this, um, we started doing some t statistics. Okay, because we produced adult Sunday school materials, and they were also translated into Spanish. So basically, I was supplying uh, English-speaking adult Sunday school materials and Spanish-speaking adult Sunday school materials. And I figured it out my first year there, I was producing enough material that 350,000 people were using our Sunday school materials in English and over a million in Spanish. Wow. Just the adult. <laughs> it was scary. I tried not to think about that. <laughs> I mean, when I, when I became a Christian, um, when the Lord called me into ministry, one of the things he told me through one of the scriptures 
is that I would be an interpreter for God that is about God to thousands. And I thought that could not happen to me. One, I'm basically a shy person. <laughs> I mean, I can get up and preach, but I am terrible at door to door witnessing. I, I, I can witness, but I do better when I'm in a group I already know. So, you know, to stand up and, you know, think, well, how could I ever do this? And I realized when I got this job and I had, and I began to go over the, over the stats that I was really fulfilling or God had fulfilled the call on my life to be an interpreter for him. In other words, making, I like what Dr. Stanley Horton said. Um, he said, you want to make, um, the scriptures accessible to anybody. And that's what I, that I felt was my job was that in hiring people to write for us and then to edit the material down, not that we would take out the scholarship, but that, that we would put it in such a way that anybody could understand it. So if we had theological terms, we would explain mm -hmm. them. And we, we, uh, so I, I did that. Um, our adult Sunday school materials covered the entire Bible over a seven year period. Um, and I have, I went through four cycles while I was there as the uh, editor for adult Sunday school materials. Yeah. Um, it, it, they don't produce that much now, but when I started, that's what they were doing. And, um, I, I've had, um, we get, we used to get letters from people overseas curriculum that was 10, 15 years old, they would send us the response form and said, can you send us more? Hmm. So I know this stuff has second and third life beyond what our print schedule yeah. is. Plus, uh, we produced our adult Sunday, our adult teacher in a hardback form. So people have this on their bookshelves. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I know there were a couple of professors I knew who would tell their students, what you need to do is you need to get a whole set of adult Sunday school material. He said, because it can provide for you. He said, when you are at a, a dry part in your life, and he said, you will get there when you will have a dry part, you will have in the seven-year series a complete set of Assembly of God materials that have clear and unmistakable outlines, has clear um, uh, application for anybody. And you can get up there, and you don't have to read this to them, but you can get your ideas from them and get some, you know, your ideas and get, some real strong theological training in just reading this stuff, and you can reproduce that in the pulpit. So I think about that as scary <laughs> because you know all the all the things that I wrote, you know, I put in there, you know. Yeah. People are using. That's really cool. So, because you have had a lot of exposure, years and years of exposure to lots of different Christian education material, both formal training from yourself and then also just years of editing and contracting with writers and producing this stuff and refining it over and over and over again. So I think you yes. – number one, I, I really value that sort of like breadth of knowledge and, and – Again, trying to and it's something that Josh and I have re like really appreciate after having done daily growth uh, now for over a year is it's really difficult to take big theological concepts a lot of time. Like it's easy to write about those. It's much harder to boil them down into a way that you're talking about that's really, I mean, really applicable. To make them applicable to the everyday moments of life. The thing that we're really yes. passionate about here. And so, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, uh, go ahead. Um. We worked with a committee from with four other Pentecostal denominations. Mm -hmm. 
where we did the outlines for the adult material, and that's where we hashed out. Okay. Um, all I, I I felt like I was like a a uh, well, they were giants in the faith, and I wasn't. I mean, these guys had doctorates in theology, and here I had a master's degree in uh, theology and Christian education. But I had the Christian education side, and they had the theology. Although we merged mm-hmm. the two, and we would we we would take a week, three times a year. And we would get together and we would hash out these outlines for a year mm. over over three, three one week sessions. And we had we had homework to do in between. But we did 52 weeks in these three sessions. Um, so it was uh, um, our idea behind that was we need to make this the, the way we put the outlines in, in such a way that when a teacher or a writer reads it, they know where we're going with this. And then they can they can get the theological truth. We um, about eighty percent of our material was was going through the Bible, and the other fifteen to twenty percent was topical because there's some things you can't you know you just you can ca- capture them in a in a Bible study straight mm-hmm. through. But there's some things that are that you need to capture, like um, uh, the doctrines of the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can capture them, but you can't. You can't con- connect them all together in one session just by going through a book of yeah. Bible. So, so what we do is we try to do that. Um, we we uh, one of one of the things I really like doing was once we did the Trinity, which is a huge concept that we had to do, and <clears throat> my writer did a phenomenal job at doing it. Um, but uh, but he had good material to start from. So um, these are the kind of things that you had to do topic wise. But most of the time we went through, straight through. through. That's cool. I, I, you know, I'm resisting asking more process oriented questions because I, I enjoy that. And working at Globe University, where Josh and I work now, a lot of those same processes happen. And so, anyway, I'm, I'm yeah. really, we'll have to have another conversation about that later. We won't do that for the podcast because sure. I don't think that'll be too exciting. But <laughs> I'm interested to okay. learn professionally from you as well. Um, <laughs> Let me uh-huh. let me mention this too. We we found out because at the beginning of your testimony, when you were talking, you, you were talking about uh, Millington, Tennessee, and then getting saved at a church in Raleigh. And we found out one day after church, you and I were talking, and that church that you got saved in is actually my home church in Memphis, Tennessee. So um, that was kind of a fun, interesting connection there. <laughs> I don't remember if you said was was Middlebrook. Yeah, Pastor? Pastor Middlebrook. Was the okay. pastor uh, when I was growing Cause, up? Because he was pastor mm-hmm. when I when I went there as well. So, uh, and there's quite a few years between that. So I, this was in 1970. Yep. So I, I don't know when you went. It was there, a couple but... years after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <I'm... laughs> we don't. I won't talk about. We won't throw out actual years, but uh, which is why I'm retired. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but the Middlebrooks were there for a long time, and uh, we, yeah, we knew them yes. very very well, and so they are great yes. people. They're that's 50 years. Yeah. This is my April 26th. I, I was my 50 year anniversary for making an adult decision for wow. Jesus Christ. Wow. wow. Congratulations. Paul's testimony is a story of the everyday moments that make up more than half a century of God's work. We're too often dismissive of these moments because they feel insignificant or less than. But it could be something as simple as going to a chapel service for the dozenth time, or editing Sunday school curriculum that produces a profound growth in us 
and a huge change in the world around us. As we'll hear later in our conversation with Paul, his 50-year journey wasn't filled with great experiences. In fact, it's a story of deep darkness and hopelessness, all while serving Jesus faithfully. And this kind of life demonstrates an important truth. God's work in us is never done. Even though we may be saved and serving faithfully, God continues to shape us and form us in those everyday moments of life. So I want to challenge you to take some time and write down your own story. And don't worry about making it a nicely edited product. This can be for your eyes only. Include everything you can think of to give yourself as big an overview of your life as possible. As you go through this, try to be aware of those times in your life when God was working on you. If you have trouble coming up with any examples, look for the times in your life when things worked out well for you in the end, even if the experience was painful and terrible. No story is too small, because God uses those small stories in the everyday moments to build our relationship with Him over the course of a lifetime. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Paul's work, check out CelebrateRecovery.com. Then check out the next chapter in our conversation, where Paul tells his story of Celebrate Recovery and his journey through depression. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to DailyGrowthDiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. 